The French Revolution, A History, by Thomas Carlyle. Volume 2, The Constitution. Book 5, Parliament First. Chapter 10, Pation National Pique. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Peter Dan. Book 5, Chapter 10. Pétion National Pique. And yet how on dark bottomless cataracts there plays the foolishest fantastic coloured spray and shadow, hiding the abyss under vapoury rainbows. Alongside of this discussion as to Austrian-Prussian war, there goes on, no less but more vehemently, a discussion whether the forty or two and forty Swiss of Chateau Vieux shall be liberated from the Brest galleys, and then whether, being liberated, they shall have a public festival or only private ones. Terogne, as we saw, spoke, and Collot took up the tale. Has not Bouillet's final display of himself in that final night of spurs stamped your so-called revolt of Nancy into a massacre of Nancy for all patriot judgments? Hateful is that massacre, hateful that Lafayette Foyant public thanks given for it. For indeed, Jacobin patriotism and dispersed Fiontism are now at death grips and do fight with all weapons, even with scenic shows. The walls of Paris, accordingly, are covered with placard and counter-placard on the subject of 40 Swiss blockheads. Journal responds to journal, player Collot to poetess de Rouchere, Joseph Chenier, the Jacobin, squire of Terogne, to his brother André de Feuillon, Mère Pétion to Dupont de Nemours. And for the space of two months there is nowhere peace for the thought of man till this thing be settled. Gloria in excelsis, the forty Swiss are at last got amnestied. Rejoice, ye forty, doff your greasy wool bonnets, which shall become caps of liberty. The breast, daughter society, welcomes you from on board, with kisses on each cheek. Your iron handcuffs are disputed as relics of saints. The breast society indeed can have one portion, which it will beat into pikes, a sort of sacred pikes, but the other portion must belong to Paris and be suspended from the dome there, along with the flags of the three free peoples. Such a goose is man, and cackles over plush velvet grand monarchs and woollen galley slaves, over everything and over nothing, and will cackle with his whole soul, merely if others cackle. On the ninth morning of April these forty Swiss blockheads arrive. From Versailles, with vivats heaven high, with the affluence of men and women. To the town hall we conduct them, nay, to the legislative itself, though not without difficulty. They are harangued, bedinnered, begifted, the very court, not for conscience' sake, contributing something, and their public festival shall be next Sunday. Next Sunday, accordingly, it is. They are mounted into a triumphal car resembling a ship, are carted over Paris with the clang of cymbals and drums, all mortals assisting applausive, carted to the Champ de Mar and Fatherland's altar, and finally carted, for time always brings deliverance, into invisibility forevermore. Whereupon dispersed foyantism, or that party which loves liberty yet not more than monarchy, will likewise have its festival. Festival of Simono, unfortunate mayor of Etampes, who died for the law, most surely for the law, though Jacobinism disputes, 
being trampled down with his red flag in the riot about grains, at which festival the public again assists, unapplausive, not we. On the whole, festivals are not wanting. Beautiful rainbow spray, when all is now rushing treble quick towards its Niagara Fall. National repasts there are, countenanced by mere pétillon, Saint Antoine and the strong ones of the Harles defiling through Jacobin Club, their felicity, according to Santerre, not perfect otherwise, singing many-voiced their Sa Era, dancing their Ronde Patriotique, among whom one is glad to discern saint Rouge, expressly in white hat, the Saint Christopher of the Camagnol, nay, a certain tambour or national drummer, having just been presented with a little daughter, determines to have the new French woman christened on Fatherland's altar then and there. Repast once over, he accordingly has her christened, Fauché the tedium bishop acting in chief, Turio and honourable persons standing gossips, by the name Pétion National Pique. Does this remarkable citizeness, now past the meridian of life, still walk the earth? Or did she die, perhaps, of teething? Universal history is not indifferent. End of Book 5, Chapter 10